Hey, I'm Russ. And I'm Steve. Growing up in the 80s, we were introduced to video games, movies, and technology that made a lasting impression on us and forever enriched our lives. I think I'm gonna cry! It's been a fascinating journey to be a part of, one that we constantly treasure. Fire! Booty! Our goal is simple. Share our magical moments of discovery and geek out with lovely folks. Just like you! Uh, achievement unlocked! So if you crave pixel goodness, memorable moments, and experiences that make your inner child do the happy dance, you've come to the right place. Let's do this! Welcome to Joygasm! <laughs> yeah! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Joygasm. My name is Russ, Xbox Live Toaster360, and I'm here with my kinfolk, Steve, a.k.a. Xbox Live Stevevich. What's happening? As we kick off episode Cinco on this Mayo, the 13th of 2017. Steve, how you doing? Russ, I'm doing great. Oh, how about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. I'm glad it's the weekend. I'm well rested. I feel good. No dreams last night. No dreams. No dreams. Have you been dreaming a lot lately? Well, yes, but all my dreams don't make any sense, and they go so fast that I remember a thing. I just feel a little exhausted in the morning because my mind's been running 100 miles an hour. Maybe a little violated? I want to know if I go that far. Oh, well. I don't know about that, Russ. <laughs> well, that's good. How about, how about you? Well, I'm glad that it's the weekend. I've been working my batox off. Batox! Batox! And, uh, yeah, this, the past two weeks at work, my day job have been pretty intense. It's been a lot of fun, though. We've been doing a lot of production work on uh, various personas and prototypes and whatnot. And so I am glad, like I said, that it's the weekend. I can kind of shut down a bit, veg out a bit, spend some quality time with you. Yes, indeed. Hey, you know, something I got to tell you. Mm. You sound very positive. That's a good attitude to have at work. Oh, well, Steve, you got to see the good in life, Russ. I'm a glasses half full kind of guy. <laughs> I uh, I always like to try and see the good things and situations and people and just life. Just life. Even if it offers me a crap sandwich, Steve, I uh, notice the... <laughs> You're just grateful to eat. Yeah, yeah. You know, I noticed the protein that uh, didn't get digested. Oh, gosh. So, yeah. No, I'm good. There's a nut in this one. How lucky am I? <laughs> <laughs> the enzymes on this is pure quality. Oh, it's great. Gosh. I think it's probably a side effect of just having to change <laughs> as many diapers as I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a healthy poo. Oh. Good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what kind of games or movies have you been playing slash watching lately? Um, I haven't not watched any movies, but I will tell you, I stayed up a little late last night. How late? Uh, about 2.30. Wow, okay. I wanted to beat Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, Steve? Uh, it was the... Which one? Assassin's Creed Syndicate. It's the one in London. Okay. Yep. So I finally got that out of the way, and, um... 
What's the re- what's the latest one? Uh, that is the latest one. That is the latest one. That is the latest okay. one. They they released a movie which I've yet to see. I don't know if I'll see it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. With Michael Fosbender, is that how you? Yeah, you it's the guy it? who plays uh, the younger Magneto in the X Men. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, so maybe I'll see that on Netflix or something. But uh, yeah, the games, they the game the later Assassin's Creeds have kind of. I don't know. They, they've been okay. They've been so-so. Assassin's Creed 3 was the first one that I played. Mm-hmm. That one was awesome. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. A lot of people didn't care for it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, since it was the, the... The next one was on Xbox One and, and, and PS4, like the later systems. That was the one where you're in uh, old France, and I'm trying to remember the name of it, but I, I don't. Did that come out in, like, 2012 or 2013? Uh, um... There was one where I thought that there was one that took place in France, and there wasn't there another one that took place in like America, like during like that the, was that was the third one. Okay, that was Assassin's Creed Three. Okay. That one was good. Yeah, it seems like ever since Assassin's Creed Three, or maybe even Black Flag, they've seemed more concentrated on graphics mm-hmm. than story, because the story you could take it or leave it. I I don't even know if I really want to take an attempt and explain it because my thing is if you can't make sense of it to a fifth year old or a fifth grader it's probably too complicated and and these games have like two different stories all molded into one and somehow they make sense but throughout the whole entire game you're kind of doing the same things all over again Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of wraps up at the very uh the very last bit so yeah, I've never really been able to, to track the storyline itself. I And uh, to be fair, I haven't played... I think I've only played one or two of the Assassin's Creed games, and I just, for whatever reason, I th- I think I just had so many other games I was playing, I just never really had a chance to finish it. However, I really did appreciate the game mechanics of just the, the organic flow of just being able to scale different buildings and towers and fences and just all of that was really cool. It, it, you could tell that they have kind of revolutionized uh, more of the third person adventure, action adventure style genre. Well, the architecture is beautiful. Oh, yeah. And that's probably the best aspect of the game mm-hmm. because they've, they've made the buildings and statues and, you know, if it's a cobblestone street or something, it, it that's the best part of the game. You can just look in awe. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I think I've seen, I've, I've taken screenshots and sent them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think I took one last night because I was finishing the game and I was on top of uh, some uh, Catholic church steeple. Oh, yeah, here it is. So no one was going to be able to see this, but you can see it. So, I mean, look oh, at the, yeah, look at the cool. detail and all the buildings and in the background and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, there is, yeah. So, it's a game to, to marvel at with all the scenery. Is, and this is London? This, this is very old London. This is, Lon- this is old London. And these are game graphics. How is it? It is. Oh, it's bloody good, it is. It's bloody good. I could tell it was doing, is it perhaps like during the uh, Industrial Revolution? In the Industrial Period, yes. I could tell about all the smokestacks. uh, Yes, you see the manufacturing going on. Mm -hmm. And you got the uh, construction and the buildings. Right, right. It's really early period times. Quite right. Spot on, I say. Yes. Jolly good. Jolly good indeed. I mean, the architecture is very much distinguishable from other architectures. Indeed. I I noticed a little toot in there. 
Love the uh, the stonework, <laughs> the brick, whatnot. I think I got some other ones here, but we can move on. Did you play anything else? Or no, that was it. That was it. I just wanted to get it over with and, and beat it. And um, I don't know if I'll if I'll go for the next one coming up. I think they're going to Egypt next time. Oh, because they they are in Spain, I think, in the past, and I didn't play those. And then they went to old style America, and then they went to kind of more Pacific island kind of deal yo havana okay and then they went to france 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 (laughs) (laughs) and then they went to london and now i think they're going to egypt okay so i don't know maybe i will maybe i won't i picked i think i picked the last two games up for like 25 bucks each Mm -hmm. on like a black friday at target or something okay so kind of glad i didn't spend 60 bucks just because at the end of the game you don't really feel that rewarded. Was this game designed from the ground up uh, to be a next-gen game, or did, was it also released for, like, the Xbox 360 and PS3? It was designed to be, from ground up, to be for a next-gen system. So did you notice the, the graphics fidelity was improved quite a bit? Yes and no. It, it's definitely improved, but they used the same engine from the first game. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, they did. They didn't build it from the ground up. No. Okay. I mean, it, it both games were for next-gen systems, yeah. but the first next-gen game, the game in France, was uh, the same engine that they used in this game, in the current game. So I they, they didn't really progress from there. I see. Okay. They just made a whole new story. Nice. So. I'm curious about it, because that, that was one of the things I kind of logged away in my cerebellum was... Uh, when I was playing the one of the older games for the 360, I was just kind of extrapolating that forward, thinking, "Man, these these environments are going to look pretty killer." Yeah, you know, as each next gen system comes out and they're able to to just cram more polys in there, higher text right. resolutions, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So well, cool. Uh, I've gotten farther in Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. I was stuck, and I'm trying my best to, to describe this for you, but, like, there's, like, a side quest where I am attempting to hack into a core. Then there's, like, I think there's, like, five or six cores, but essentially each one that you successfully hack into, it then unlocks, like, a certain roster of creatures from the overall Horizon bestiary. Which is great, because right now all I can do is hack into the one creature. After doing this, now I think I can hack into like five or six, somewhere around there. But what was cool is that um, I was stuck at that boss battle. In fact, I think I was talking to you on the phone when I yeah. encountered it, and all of a sudden I, and I, I, I realized I totally signed off in terms of like <laughs> having a conversation I was with like, you. I'm talking to myself. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, sorry about that. I, th- I think I had a realization as I was getting my butt kicked. I was like, oh, I'm uh, fighting a boss here. Uh, I should probably get, I should probably get going. Priorities. You know, you, you know how it goes. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, I finally beat the, the fire bellow back is what it's called mm. in the side quest and was able to hack into my very first core. Congratulations. I, I gotta say, I'm proud of myself. Those, those creatures are pretty tough. Those bastards. <laughs> Cybernetic bastards. But they really do. I unloaded so many arrows and traps and whatnot into this thing, and uh, so I, I felt accomplished. I'm not gonna lie. But by the time that thing came crashing down, I was like, "Yes, you're mine now, bitch." But 
Uh, but it was, yeah, I, I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. And so now I'm, I'm all pumped to like try and find some of those other creatures to hack into so I can ride them. And I, I'm actually kind of curious to see what type of attack abilities they have and stuff. So, um, and the game is just so gorgeous. I know I keep saying that over and over again, but every time I get to a new section, I, I'm just completely blown away by the amount of detail in the graphics and, and the, the ambiance, the atmosphere, everything else. Um, at some point, if you're interested, you should certainly sit down and give it a shot. Cause I think I think you'll enjoy it. I think it's. Did you ever play any of the the Tomb Raider games recently, like Rise of the Tomb Raider? Mm, no. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've I played demos and I've watched you, but I haven't played it myself. Okay. Because yeah. I have those games too. If you wanted to give them a shot for Xbox One, and those those are it's good very too. kind of you, Rose. You know, I, I'm a I'm a kind-hearted man. Mm. Especially for you. <laughs> um, in addition to that, I've been getting back into Forza, which, by the way, our good old friend Brad. Yes. You know of who I speak of, yes, don't I you? Do. <laughs> he he's also a big Forza fan. Mm. And I did not know this until just this week, but he informed me that actually the correct like pronun- pronunciation, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say, of the word Forza. I'm used to saying Forza is yeah. actually it's, it's Italian. It's Forza. Yeah, yeah it's like a, almost like a silent T. Yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. And so he would tell me, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I, I guess I better start saying it correctly. So Forza. But every time I hear that, I just want to like bust into Italian. Like Forza, Baba the Boopy, Baba the Beepy, yeah. the Man, Driver the Lamborghini, Lamborghini, or Ferrari. <laughs> I got some spaghetti over here. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, playing Forza Horizon 3 Hot Wheels Edition, which I know I mentioned earlier in a previous episode. Wait a minute. You didn't invite me over for this one? I played it last night. And you didn't invite me over. I, I'm i sorry. I'm sorry to be yeah, do better I'm, than that. I'm sorry I disappointed you. <sighs> Go on. Anyway, you have got to check this out. Like... It is pretty freaking sweet. The game itself, like... Just... Well, I bet it is, Russ. I wish I could have been there for the, re- the initial experience. I'm <laughs> <sighs> oh, sorry, Steve. Um, but yeah, like, like they do the, the typical thing in, that I love in Horizon 3 where every time you go to a new section of the game, they did like with Blizzard Mountain. Remember when you... You were actually over here when... I first experienced Blizzard Mountain. Do you remember that, Steve? I do. Okay. Remember, like, how I went on that joyride, like, before there was any kind of racing that was tracking me or anything like that? And that's one of the things I just absolutely love about Forza Horizon 3 ah. is that... Forza. Oh, ah. oh you <laughs> caught me. Ah. I'm sorry. It's a Forza. Uh, the, with Forza Horizon 3, every time you go to a new... <laughs> Forza. Forza. Every every time that um, you go to a new section, it will allow you to kind of have like this joy ride. Like it'll be, you'll be in a race, but it doesn't count toward anything. It's just kind of showing you the ropes kind of thing. But like the, the previous Forza games never did that. And at least, okay, I play up to Forza five. So I don't know if they did that Forza six, but I'm pretty sure this is something that's kind of more of a horizon thing. And it just, it sounds kind of cheesy, like like just what I'm gonna say about just it. But say like, it, Russ. 
it's just it's yes. it's so fun to be able to get into the 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 game itself like like doing a, that kind of race where like like they're like hey welcome to this area this is what it's all about and it's an opportunity for the game to show off its splendor in that particular section of like the, the world map or whatever. And so you, you know, you're, you're not so focused on trying to get first place as you are just having a joy ride of a time. And by the time you hit that, that finish line, you are absolutely pumped to like get into all of the different types of races that have been unlocked for you for that. Cause it's just, it's just fun. Like being able to see that, you know, like, and, and of course each one of those races has a, a purposeful kind of scenic journey where like, you know, you, you like hit some sort of crest or ridge and all of a sudden you see like this gorgeous landscape down below and you have these amazing jumps and I mean, the whole thing is just fantastic. It's just great. Does it make you feel like you're playing with Hot Wheels? Like a kid again, only you're behind the wheel? So, okay. So with the Hot Wheels, it does. It's actually really fun. It's like this like adult version of Hot Wheels where like it taps into your inner child of back in the day when you would collect all the cool little hot rods of Hot Wheels and they're all like they're kind of ostentatious but in a really cool fun way like the just all the little uh, doodads and and decals and stuff like that that are on the cars I mean you could tell that they just yeah they partnered up with Hot Wheels and they did a great job and what's cool about it is that it's because it's like this actual track and the way that they, they're they presenting it is they're still building the track, so there are certain parts that are locked. And then, of course, as you gain points and that sort of thing, then magically, you know, another section of the, of the track will be completed, and then you can start racing those tracks. But, I mean, you're doing loop-de-loops. You're doing, um, you know, a lot, a lot of these uh, almost like not quite corkscrews all the way, but although I'm thinking there probably will be those yeah. later on down the road. But you're going, like, you're, you're taking almost 90-degree vertical... Uh, track points if you're going up or if you're going down or you're almost going um, you know flipping 45 degrees that sort of thing it is genuinely fun and especially when I started using some of my more faster exotic cars that I've already unlocked you are screaming down this track and it's just exhilarating you're just watching this track go in a weird way I kind of got a little hint of Sonic the Hedgehog just because of the loop-de-loops and that sort of thing when you're going super fast they also have these parts on the track where um, they give you boosts so all of a sudden you get this like this crazy almost gonna, nitrous yeah. style boost just about to ask you about that when that and that's also very similar to Sonic in yeah. the past that sort of thing but I don't want to like give folks the wrong impression this is not it doesn't it's not like a Sonic the Hedgehog game it's just that was kind of an echo I felt going on specifically like the loop-de-loops and that sort of thing it is seriously though really fun um the only thing that i would say is a bit of of a kind of a mental note is that in forza horizon series it's it's very open world you can drive anywhere you want to go and that's fine whereas like the with the more traditional forza series you're kind of you know you have race 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 and you're kind of on this this kind of predetermined track. So what's interesting in the Hot Wheels edition is that for the most part, you're on a track. And and at that point, you realize just how much you enjoy the the freedom of just being able to drive wherever it is you want to drive at any point in time and you're not penalized for it. You can fall off the track, which is also fun too. It's thrilling because if you're not going fast enough, or if you take a turn too hard and you you hit it, it's you're gonna fall off. And there's like, depending on where you are, you might be in a city somewhere. You might be 
over the ocean or something. And so you have that kind of, uh, 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 and, but luckily you have your, uh, your rewind. rewind yeah. So you just go, <laughs> okay, let's keep going. So they also have like rings of fire. Like there will be parts in the race where like you're going pretty high up and you're driving through, um, uh, like a, a skyscraper portion of the city, but you're super high up. And then there'll be like this jump where like, there's no track under you and it does the whole cinematic slow down. And then you, you go through these rings of fire. And Dukes of hazard style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now these boys aren't really sure what they're <laughs> yeah, going to do. That's right. Tune in next week to find out if they survive. And then of course they always survive. So yeah, you're going to have to definitely check that out. Other than that, uh, the wife and I, the wife, uh, we continue watching Vikings, which is cool. We're getting back on track again. We're making our way through season three. A lot of uh, messed up stuff is going on. I know that we are a bit behind, so I don't want to give really too many spoilers away because there may be people who are like me who are trying to catch up and whatnot, but... Uh, lots of lots of movement going on. Lots of things happening. I don't think you've actually watched it either. So no, but I when I signed online last night, I did check to see if you were playing Overwatch. Oh. And then then your Xbox said you were I think on Amazon Prime or something like that. Yep. yep. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, he's with a wife. I'll leave him alone. I'm not gonna text him. I'll just play uh, Assassin's Creed. And do sure. My thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. It was. It was. It was good times. It was good times. So, and another TV series that I need to get back on track with is Gotham. And I was doing really well with that. And that was just another series that I fell off the bandwagon with, but I'm looking to get back on. So that was a nice hiccup for us. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice, I need to get back on my <laughs> bandwagon. <laughs> that was just my bean cheese burritos <laughs> popping back up to say hello oh, before kind of going right back down. Uh, I'm sitting right across from you, so I'm getting all that bean cheese burrito. <laughs> <clears throat> so let's see here. I think that's about it. Shall we transition into gaming news, Steve? Go right ahead, Russ. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Well, even though we didn't play any Overwatch, we actually do have some uh, pretty interesting news. Um, I was looking at how on IGN.com was reporting this, by the way. There has been some data mining going on that reveals there will be a Game of the Year edition and anniversary event, which makes sense because the game is almost one year old. I'm not sure what the, the exact date is. I, I might have it in my notes. But they were going on talking about how the website called True Achievements discovered that Overwatch's first birthday will have a Game of the Year edition set for release on May 23rd, which is coming up pretty soon. And that is actually a day before its May 24th first anniversary. But with the anniversary edition, they are going to have what they call anniversary loot boxes. And... In terms of the game of the year edition, like if you haven't bought the game or if you're thinking of buying it, apparently it's just it's identical to the the Origins version. Um, but I think it comes with like ten free loot boxes, so it kind of gives you some extra swag. And there, I think there are some other cosmetic bonuses that they do, but it's it's the same game. You're you're not going to be having some sort of crazy new game type or mode that you're going to be missing out on. But the anniversary loot boxes will include over 100 new items, and they'll be available until until June 5th. 
So, um, if you think about like in the past, Overwatch events have lasted about three weeks or so, which can mean that the anniversary event may start as early as next week. So, yeah. We need to get on it then. I know. We need to get on it. We need to save up those gamer credits and start capturing some freaking flags. <laughs> Unlock those loot boxes. Actually, that's not going to matter because oh, they've, they've done that thing where like depending on when you unlock a loot box or when you score a loot box, it then gets assigned to that particular... There's like a date stamp or something. So like if you have like the anniversary edition come out and like so let's say you had like 10 loot boxes that you haven't opened, those will still stay like the normal base version of the loot box. It won't, they will not transfer over to the anniversary ones. Only during the, those like two or three weeks will that happen, which... I can kind of see where the rationale is coming from with that. But at the same time, I'm like, come on. Come on! Come on! So. But whatever. I mean, even if you open up the loot boxes and don't get what you want, you still get credits. That's true. So if you save up your credits, you can still buy stuff. Maybe. Yeah. It's not like five million coins or whatever. So you can still acquire what you want to acquire. That's very true, yeah. Basically. I remember there was a time where I had something like 30 loot boxes I just didn't open and it was it was just nice to go through all of them. But now I'm just every time I get one I'm like insta open. And I'm just like, oh, I don't have any more to open. <laughs> As a side note too, the the game director, Jeff Kaplan, has made it fairly clear that Symmetra will finally receive a new legendary skin. So I'm curious about that one because she's actually got a lot of bad costumes. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, the one, there is that one that I like, that I, I think I, yeah, I've unlocked it. It's with the skulls and stuff. I mm-hmm. thought that one was pretty cool. And there's a, a variant of that, too. I think it's more of a red color. Like, one is, like, kind of a pale white right. or something. Another one's more of a reddish color. I thought that was pretty cool. But, yeah. There's so, certain characters that just, they need something good. Right. They need something good. I mean, Lucio, pretty much all pretty terrible costumes. Symmetra, yeah. Maybe even Soldier 76. I mean, what color do you want his jacket? Like, you know, do something with the guy. Yeah. You could tell that certain characters have been given the love treatment right. more than others. Like, yeah. like Roadhog has awesome right. costumes. Reinhardt has awesome costumes. Torbjorn has awesome Torbjorn costumes. Torbjorn has awesome costumes. Yeah. I mean, Diva's got some cool ones. But, yeah. But like Farah, for instance, like Farah has some cool ones. I, I really liked a few of the ones, but I feel like she's one of those characters who could use some additional ones because a lot of the ones that she has are just kind of color changes to her base yeah. outfit or uniform. So I'm I'm hoping that in the future they'll they'll have some some cool ones out there for them. I think and I'm sure that there will be. Junkrat actually has quite a few cool um, outfits as well. Yeah, he's got some okay ones. You have to like the the. The real expensive ones are obviously very, very cool, like yeah. the mad scientist and whatnot. But usually, like you know, from like the the seventy five credit ones to the two fifty credit ones, eh, they're okay. You yeah. know, a lot, so, a lot more. Oh, eh. ha, ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the here. <laughs> a lot of the characters, uh, when you get into a higher value costume, yeah. even if it's not the most expensive one, it does change up a bit and you can, and it's noticeable. Yeah. Other times you go, okay, here's a more expensive costume, but all we did was just change two colors. And you're going, eh, I, don't, I don't know if it's really worth it. I mean, right. you know. One of the great costumes that came out recently during the last, what was the last one called? It was just Uprising. Uprising, yeah. Yeah. 
was Widowmaker's new skin, where she looked a bit more like human, like she right. had the pale skin thing. Yep. That is a sweet outfit. Actually, there are a few of hers too that are really, really cool. I would give her like 50, 50% of them are, are like super cool. And the other 50% are kind of like, eh, they're just doing color changes and that sort of thing. But yeah, there are so many characters to think about within that game that just, I mean, we could spend yeah. quite a bit of time going over, but anyway, moving right along, got some Halo 6 news mm-hmm. and it's not the best. Great. Halo 6 will not be at this year's E3. I was hoping it would be just because they will probably demonstrate the uh, Xbox Scorpio. Yeah. And I was hoping that maybe it would be like a launch title, but 343 Industries said the next installment to the Halo series won't be at E3 this year. In a post on Reddit, 343 community manager Brian Gerard said that while the studio will have something at this year's E3, it will not be tied to Halo 6. So... I'm not exactly sure how to take that, but it sounds like maybe they have another like ODST style game that they're going to come out with. That's just, I mean, once again, if that's the case, it's not going to be Master Chief and the fans want Master Chief. Right. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm just going to reserve my my judgment on that and see just what they they kind of tease us with, but... How do you feel about that? I mean, you, you were a fan of the ODST game when it came out. Yeah, I, well, I was, but since I'm, I haven't really cared for Halo Four, and, and I haven't played anything of Halo Five yet. Yeah. Uh, so being that as it may, if they bring out an in between title, I don't. I still don't think I'd even pick it up. I'd have to play Halo Five first to really know the story and the background. Because if it's just lock again, you know, eh, been there, done that. What if it was like just taking a cue from like the ODST games where like you're just, you're not even like a Spartan. You're just like one of the the Marines, for instance. I'd have to see it. Yeah. Because I'm still going off of Halo 4, which I didn't care for. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> there was a quote from... Um, Brian Gerard here, I'll, I just wanted to, to read real quick. It says, I'll slip into my dream crusher persona for a minute in the name of realistic expectations. We've said this already, but we will have a little something at E3, but it's not related to the next major entry in the franchise. So that's kind of the, you know, not a, not a lot of wiggle room to think, oh, they're going to have something else that this rises with in terms of Master Chief uh, getting teased or whatnot. So. Moving on to one of the more major topics at hand here is that there is a mobile game called Bit Heroes. Yes! Which is now available. And uh, developer Jupio Men's has released their first mobile game, uh, which is a vast new MMORPG world inspired by your favorite 8-bit and 16-bit dungeon crawlers. Um, I'll just read the little bit of the description here. It says, collect and craft thousands of pieces of loot to increase your power. Build your team by capturing monsters and bosses to fight at your side in old school turn-based combat. Prove you're the mightiest hero in the land by competing in the PvP arena, raids, and weekly events for awesome prizes. Take your most powerful friends and guildmates along to battle at your side. So this is a game that I'm giving a, a shout out to to um, my good buddies Sean Byers and Jay Stark, who I've worked with in the games industry, and they 
together, the dynamic duo, over the past two years have painstakingly created this game. And it it's kick-ass, man. Like, I think both of us were, were giving it a go last night. It launched on May 11th for both uh, the iPhone and Google Play. Um, and... and- to be noted, sorry to cut you off. Oh, you're good. I would have slapped me if if you cut me off. Yeah. Anyway, I would have just <laughs> given you a jolly rancher. <laughs> it's on was iTunes or uh, excuse me, the App Store's like top ten list right now. Uh, I w- which one? It's like on on apps we love. Like it's featured, and when you, if you launch yeah. at the App Store, it's yeah. featured right there. Yeah, and if you go on the the Android, um, the Droid, it's it's like one of the main banners at the top. I mean, like like they absolutely just came out with a with a bang. Yeah, and good way to go. It's 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 super cool. Like I was going through. I've already got like like the makings of my Motley crew. So yeah. going through the characters, getting an idea of it. But the game is so easy to play. Right. You just jump right in, and even the the user experience is great because they're just kind of doling out these little pointers. Hey, this is how you level right. up. Hey, this is where you go to equip or unequip. Hey, this is how you barter. And it's just it's so organic in in the the overall game that it's I never have felt lost or confused or or you know am grinding through the game to a point where all of a sudden I just happen to stumble upon like a way to do something and I could have done it earlier. Like like that's it's it's a great way of not spoon feeding me but just hand holding me like, oh hey by the way there's this if you want to do this. Um it reminds me a lot of playing the game gear. Yeah, there's there there's that well it's just a great throwback to like the the eight bit, sixteen bit day of of video gaming and but it's kind of cool too because the graphics even though it's got that 16 bit you know pixely kind of look it also has kind of a current yeah. <laughs> pixely pop right. I don't know for lack of a way of saying it but like I mean the the game itself is is just super easy to get into and start playing one thing I like a lot and I very appreciate the yeah. way they did this is and certain RPGs you can get new equipment, new swords, new armor, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Many RPGs, you would buy the piece or you you discover the piece and you equip it, but you don't see it. Mm-hmm. You don't see it at all. You just know you have it equipped and, and therefore your stats are buffed, You know your defense or your agility or whatever. Mm-hmm. So in this game, if you get, if you, if you buy or you discover or you loot or whatever, a new piece and you equip it, you can see it on your character. Yeah. And so you can kind of see your character change and mold and, and right. you know, and to me, that's a, that's a big thing. That was one of the, the refreshing aspects of the game too, was that even during the create a character screen, I mean, this is, this is a mobile game, right. but it has a lot of the expectations of what you'd see in like a, a next gen console game. So like the create a character screen, you have all kinds of customizations at your disposal. I mean, you, I was just having a blast just, like, kind of creating my little badass character. You know what's kind of cool, too, is, uh, I mean, first of all, when the, the opening sequence happens with, it shows the developers and the producers' uh, names, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. cool. But then when you see the, the title screen of the game, I mean, every game is going to have their own little sure. thing. But you you have random characters going across the screen all the time. So every time you load the game, it's going to be different. Yeah. Because you're going to see different little dudes that they've that they've made. Right. Basically walk right. Like, I've never seen that thing before. You know? It, yeah. It's kind of rewarding. Yeah. It's super cool. Um, I think it's going to be a game that, that we'll be able to t- talk about multiple times in the future as we 
kind of progress through it because it's it's a dungeon crawler. So you're going to be just you know all about collecting the loot and the swag and just being able to also I'm I've barely scratched the surface of it because like I said I just was started playing it last night. How far are you? I'm at level twelve, Russ. Oh, how about you? I uh, I think I'm at level five. Well, I guess we know who has less of a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's that kind of life, that's the best kind of life to lead. <laughs> right. But yeah, I want to try out some of these other features that the that the game boasts because um, I think it's going to be pretty cool. I tried to actually get into the arena and I was denied. I yeah. walked over there and he's like, "Uh, yeah, you're a wimp and you need to come back in a bit. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Come on, bat. Come on, ghost. Come with me. It's kind of funny because the the one the one time that I I met Sean, yeah, um, it's funny because that that's that's all I have. But I can hear him speaking through the game in a way <laughs> on the dialogue. I don't know how. I, anyway, yeah. Well, it's just it's incredible to me to watch these guys be able to to hash this thing out into a tangible product because it's just that is a tremendous amount of work for just two people to do. And Sean handled all of the art for the game, um, and then Jay's handled all the, the programming code, all that kind of stuff. And so um, definitely you guys need to go out and give Bit Heroes um, a try because it's it's just it, it's super fun. I, and actually, I have not really been playing a whole lot of mobile games lately, and now this is kind of bringing me back into the fold. I know you haven't, Russ. I've been disappointed. How do you know? Because I've been telling you about Clash of Clans <laughs> and Clash Royale and other games that I play, and you're like, eh, yeah, the, but the mobile games? Oh. Okay, yeah. Well, let's go back to Xbox. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely nice to kind of go back in. And I, well, and it speaks highly of the game too because that that's how easy it is. I can like sit down, like my daughter will be in my lap watching, I don't know, Tumble Leaf or something on on uh, Amazon. And I'll be able to just play it like one-handed and and just go through, you know, collect loot and just destroy monsters, persuade. I like the whole idea too of how you can like persuade enemies to like join your team. Right. And you can see like, like there are times when perhaps you can't persuade them. And so there's other ways of trying to get them to, you know, be convinced to join you. Otherwise you just kill them off or whatever. I mean, you could tell there are intelligent decisions that were made that, you know, as you progress further into the game, it's just going to be, that much more in depth and more of a rewarding experience. And I've seen actually, I'm still trying to figure this part out, but like in like kind of the, the lobby area, it's not a lobby, but it's like where you start out. There are other people with like names and like levels. Like I've seen people with much higher levels than either one of us already, which is, right. I mean, I don't, I know they, they did like kind of a, a soft launch early on. So I don't know if it's those players that are just that much farther along or if the people who first downloaded the game, <laughs> they've just been playing it nonstop because I'm just like, my gosh, how'd you get that high? So definitely, definitely cool. And I, I think what I'm going to do is um, I'd like to try and see if I can get Sean and Jace on the show. It'd be really fun to be able to have an interview with them and let them tell their story. I think that'd be really nice. Indeed. Invitation sent. <laughs> Click the like button. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to segue over to the movies and TV. Actually, this is this particular segment is going to be more geared toward TV than movies because there are quite a few interesting little headlines on here. But first and foremost is um, King Arthur is in theaters this weekend. 
Have you heard of this movie? No, but King Arthur's been kind of rebooted a bunch. Right, but this time, yes. Guy Ritchie directed it. Oh, snap. Yeah, Guy Ritchie, like Snatch Guy Ritchie. Like, you know, Sherlock Holmes Guy Ritchie. So I... Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. Guy Ritchie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie, and... He's been, he's been gone for a while. All right, I haven't heard anything about that. His his. Uh, I don't. I don't know if the last film he made was the sequel to Sherlock Holmes. You know, because he did do that sequel, but that was a f- at least a few years ago. I don't know if he came out with anything since that I hadn't heard of. I'm usually pretty up to date. Well, perhaps you should uh, IMDb it on your phone. Oh, I'll IMDb it. IMDb it. But um, continue. Oh, I will. I will continue. Anyway, I think it's a a great opportunity for a director like Guy Ritchie, who in the past he has done films that the plot lines kind of revolve around a simple idea like snatch, for instance, is like this concept of there's this huge diamond and everyone's trying to get it. But what has always happened in his films is he has these wonderful characters. Like just, it's, it's very character focused. Like in snatch, I think they had something like a dozen characters or, or close to that. I'm trying to remember how many there were. If we were to count this out, what was it? There were there was Gorgeous George, Turkish, Tommy. Turkish. Tommy. Uh you had uh Bricktop. Uh you had um bo- uh, bullet to uh, bleh, bullet tooth Tony. <laughs> yeah. You had um Oh, what was that guy? The the Russian, the bullet dodger. Uh, yeah, yeah, Boris. Bo- yeah. Boris, the bullet dodger. What's he do? Dodges bullets, Tommy. <laughs> Avi. He dodges I, bullets. Avi, Avi, that's another one. And Avi was, a, yeah, that was number seven. You already said Frankie Fourfingers, right? No, that was that was number eight. That's Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, let me solve some Benicio. And who else is there? There's uh, Doug the Head. Doug the Head, that's nine, yeah. Vinny and Soul. Vinny and Soul, that's, that's 11. You had uh, Brad Pitt's character, Mickey. Oh, of course. How did he make it, Blay? Yeah. So now you're now you're past a, you know you're you're past a dozen. <laughs> Don't forget Tyrone. Oh Tyrone, you fart bastard. <laughs> Who else is there? Uh, and I think we're up to fourteen. Right. There's a lot of other small characters. Vinny, uh, Doug the Head. Yeah, we already said that. Yeah. Uh, mullet. Mullet. Who's Mullet? Mm, oh. Oh no. He he. Yeah. 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 That's probably Mickey's friend. Yeah, one of Mickey's friends. And he was more of a secondary uh, character, but yeah, I mean that that's a great example of just a film by Guy Ritchie, where like by the end of the film, I mean you you just love all the characters, and they all have right. great lines. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious to see what he's gonna do with King Arthur because King Arthur is gonna be a bit more of a um, a, I, I'm I'm guessing it's probably gonna be a bit more of a serious drama. Yeah. As opposed to his other stuff, which, I mean, that is a bit of a departure for Guy Ritchie because typically he does kind of that stylish spin on stuff, like whether it's Snatch or even Sherlock Holmes has kind of that, that cool spin, that Guy Ritchie flavor to it. You know what else he did? I remember this movie coming out, but I never saw it. Oh, I forgot about that. I yeah, to get I need it on to watch Netflix. That. The, the man, man from Uncle. Yeah, The Man from Uncle. I need to check that out. I remember seeing that and then I just, you know, never got a chance to go to the theater and. Uh, so that's probably his his most recent film before yeah, that uh, King was, that Arthur. was 2015. Okay. Yeah. 
And then in terms of the cast, I can't remember who all is in it, but I know the guy from Sons of Anarchy, is, I think, is the uh, the main character. Who, for King Arthur? Yeah. Oh, well, here you go. Oh, yeah. yeah, Charlie Hunnam. You know, I met that guy, too. Oh, did you, Russ? I did. Why don't you be name dropper guy? Uh, consider it dropped <laughs> and picked back up and dropped again. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, Jude Law. Jude Law has been, you know, he was in Sherlock Holmes for yep. Guy Ritchie, so he's kind of in the Guy Ritchie stable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Eric Bana, or Bana, excuse me. Irvine. Aiden Gillen's in it, too. That's cool. Tom Wu, I haven't seen him in a while. That's cool that he's in here. So, yeah, there's there's quite a few actors in here that that I think... Uh, I don't know. I have high hopes for it. I want to check it out. I'm hoping I can go see it either this weekend or maybe um, Monday or Tuesday or something like that. But maybe I'll take the wife. Check it out. The, uh, the next headline, this is something that's going to be kind of fun. So check this out. I'm checking. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood (laughs) comes to Twitch. What? Think about that for a minute. This is a TV show that you and I grew up with in the 80s. Is it the Mr. Rogers of, would you be my neighbor? Yes. Oh, boy. Twitch will be hosting a Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Marathon for 18 days starting on May 15th at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time, which would be 8 a.m. Central Time. All 886 episodes of the beloved children's show will be streamlined, or I'm sorry, will be streamed live at uh, www.twitch.tv slash Mr. Rogers. The marathon will feature episodes that only aired once and aren't available online anywhere else with additional mini marathons to follow. Twitch will also be running a fundraising campaign during the marathon to help support local PBS stations. I guess if you have kids and you want some good, clean shows for them to watch. And yeah. Yeah, there you go. I liked Mr. Rogers as a kid. I mean, it was a safe program. Right. I remember being a kid and just being, just I enjoyed like the little like hand puppet friends that he had. And like, there's like that train the or train, something. Yeah, you go into kind of a different little world. Yeah. yeah. It is just the, the predictability of the show made it just wholesome. Well, clean. yeah, it was wholesome and clean, but just, I, I, I think going back to the safe as as a child, you're just you're you're constantly evolving at a rapid clip, and you don't fully understand things. You know, you don't have the mental capacity to be able to properly communicate how you're feeling or whatever. But you can still identify all sorts of things around you, right? Um, and I, and I I always liked how like you know there every episode, Mister Rogers, you know when he came in, you know he. Uh, you know, would take off his shoes and he'd take off his, his outer. And it was always funny. He had like an outer jacket. Yeah. And then on the inside, he kind of had like a inner jacket. Energy. Like, like how cold is it, Mr. Yeah. Rogers? <laughs> you're living in the snow. Are you in Alaska somewhere? You're, you're, you're looking a little little slender there, Rogers. Why don't you eat a hand boy go or something? Yeah, set a fire in the fireplace. Yo, yeah. Get some heat going. Um, What was interesting too, this is kind of a side note about Mr. Rogers, was that he actually was advocating pretty hardcore to Congress about trying to get better children's programming on TVs. And so it was interesting because that guy literally, like what we saw on the show, that's how he like... He walked away, he, talked. talked to him, yeah. yeah, that was him. 
And so he was he was up there, and uh, you can find that this clip if you do a search on YouTube. But you see him um, talking about the dangers of like you know if you watch too much Looney Tunes or these other um, cartoons that are more violence oriented, or the ones that seem like they're on crack nowadays. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a big Looney Tunes fan, right. but I understand what where he's coming from with that, where it's like that was for a while there, like in the the 60s and 70s and whatnot. A lot of the, the the children's programming was based around kind of that that more slapstick, violent humor type stuff. Smack you in the head and yeah. push you down. Yep. Which again, I you know I still thought was funny, but I thought it was cool because if you think about it, back in the day, what other show other than Mister Rogers had that style of programming? Yeah. I mean, you kind of had other PBS oriented shows like Sesame Street. That you know it was also in that same vein. Yeah. Um. But Mr. Rogers was kind of like the uh, the adult. He was almost like a like the the relative that you could trust that you could sit down and you know it was almost like he was like the babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's a relative babysitter, <laughs> the TV babysitter. Yeah, we're gonna plop you down in front of Mr. Rogers and leave you there for three hours. Yeah, I mean, it, and, <laughs> hey, learn some values and and yeah. morals and and just how to you know discover. Just more of the simple things in life. I mean, remember he had a fish tank? Yep. He had like that guy, that mailman who was a goldfish. Was a goldfish? I think it was a goldfish in there. I think he had a mailman who would, who would come over. I don't know if he would come every episode, but like, remember you like invite him into his house? Like, I don't think anyone would really invite the mailman into the house. You're like, hey, would you like to come over and feed my fish? <laughs> Why, yes, I would, Mr. Rogers. Oh, golly gee shucks and wow. I'd love to feed that fish. <laughs> But I think overall it's it's worth mentioning just because as a dad now, like, I mean, there's a nostalgic factor thrown in there. Obviously, I'll watch an episode and I'll just be like, oh, wow, I remember that. Like, it's, it's, it's tapping way back into my childhood days, but also just being able to share that with my daughter now. I mean, she's and she's probably a little too young. I mean, it's probably more kids like four and five years old, that sort of thing. But still. I think that the movement, even though it's it's a temporary basis, I would really like to see kind of a comeback for these classic children's shows that just really had a lot of merit to them. And, and honestly, it touched a whole, like our whole generation lives. I mean, I, it's fun to kind of like poke fun at it and that sort of thing. But I mean, really, when you sit down and you think about it, it's like you could have any kids sit down and learn something and they, you know, no, no kid thought illy of Mr. Rogers. So anyway, I thought, I thought it was cool. Yeah. The TV show Gotham is also renewed for uh season four, which you have not seen any of the Gotham episodes. I haven't. So that is another TV show that um, it's interesting when, when the first season started, it, you could tell it was a first season. They didn't have as much a big of a budget as they do now. Uh, the actors were not as comfortable in their ro- in their roles as they are now. I would say by season two, though, things were were certainly starting to pick up, and there are certain actors in that show who just were perfect for the roles. And um, so the network shared the news in a post on the show's official Twitter account saying, are you ready to return to Gotham? Retweet if you're excited for season four. So I'm pumped about that. I'm actually behind on that, as I mentioned earlier, because of being a parent. But I'm getting back into it again. So that's something that maybe I'll Shanghai you into and you can, <laughs> you can get caught up with. Um, yeah, be a Gotham binge night. Yeah, yeah. Well, in... 
uh, we'll we'll talk about this uh, in a bit, but I was uh, I met one of the. I was just about to say that you you met the the guy who was the penguin. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So we'll we'll talk more about that in a bit. But the final little uh, piece of news I thought was really worth uh, mentioning was too was that scientists have named a newly discovered dinosaur species. Oh, I read about this after go after the Ghostbusters villain. Did you read about this? There, there, there have been <laughs> multiple dinosaur headlines, but scientists from the Royal Ontario Museum have named a newly discovered dinosaur species after the Ghostbusters villain Zool, <laughs> which is the dog. You remember it was it was yeah. what Dano turned into? Right. All right. So she's a dog. Is that that, that whole scene? <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's really fitting considering one of the best lines in the film is "Back off, man." I'm a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of cool, like like they did that. So, and is that was that the the headline that you were thinking of, or was actually there... no? I think the one I was thinking of. Um, and I don't have the article on my phone or anything, but they these uh, archaeologists discovered this dinosaur, uh, this vegetarian dinosaur, mm-hmm. a vegetarius, uh, <laughs> a vegetarosaurus, and the thing was perfectly preserved. Yeah. And so they were like accurately able to uh, scan the thing mm. and get an exact mold of how it would look because of how well it was preserved. Yeah, that's blowing up on Facebook right, right now. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that, I think that one is different than this other one. Yeah, it's not different. I just love the fact that they like named it after Zool. That's just great. Oh, well, that's about it for movie news. I, even though there really wasn't much movie news, it's more kind of like movie, TV, slash pop culture news. But... Let's go to the main topic at hand, which is the fact that we have yet to talk. Oh, oh, who's that? Oh, who's sorry. calling you? <laughs> that's, that's the girlfriend. Uh-huh. Hi, honey. Yeah, see how it is. Get off the phone. All right, let me send a message here. We'll all wait for you. Podcasting dot dot dot. I'm ready. Okay. It's funny. All right. Thought I had do not disturb on, but apparently I didn't. Is it on now, Steve? It is on now. <sighs> what I have to put up with. <laughs> I'm so sorry, right? <laughs> Would you ever forgive me? Yes. So, this year, and we, we've talked about this briefly in a, in a previous episode, but we haven't had a chance to fully go into it until now. This year was the first time that you went to a comic con. Indeed. Now, just to recap, I've gone to San Diego Comic Con uh, three years in a row, and I'm too lucky. I'm, I'm a very lucky man. Very lucky. One of these days, I'd like to be able to take you to San Diego Comic Con. But I felt like this was like a good warm up for you. So we went to Dallas Comic Con last month. And they had quite a few recognizable guests there. Tim Curry was there. Uh, that was actually one of his final hurrahs was that um, the poor guy, I think, had a stroke re- uh, recently or something. And as a result, he's just kind of doing a farewell tour. And so actually, as a result, you um, could see there were various ca- um, cast members from uh, um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like Meatloaf was there and there were some other characters that, that just have a, a cult following for um you had 
Adam West and Burt Reynolds. Not Burt Reynolds, I'm sorry. Burt Reynolds. Not Burt Reynolds. Adam West and... Uh, <laughs> All the old guys look alike. Was it Burt Ward? <laughs> I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> what is it? Was it Burt Ward? Uh, we'll, we'll, well, well, tell me which character was it. Robin from uh, the 1960s oh. Batman TV show. Okay. Uh, Why am I doing a brain fart on this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nuts. <laughs> I forget. You're Anyway, while you're looking that up, who else was there? There was... Okay, well, the big one was Stan Lee, the big mm-hmm. kahuna. Mm-hmm. That was huge. And... Ginormous. Um, Don't forget Biff. Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah. He was there. There was... Um, Charlotte Chung, who's the voice of Diva. Yep. There's a bunch of cosplayers there. I don't follow cosplay other than just looking at cosplay... Like photos, but um, a lot of mainstream cosplay people were there. Had their own little booth set up. Yeah, and actually, they had. I was really surprised by that. I was surprised about how large of a fan following a lot of those those people had. I mean, I didn't. Cosplay is something that has really picked up steam. I would say, I would say, just over the last decade. I think it started out as being kind of like this more uber nerdy embarrassing closet activity kind of thing but now it's really started to hit mainstream and i think people have realized that you can actually if you're a love love if you're a lover of um costume fabrication makeup hairstyling that sort of thing uh, you can i've especially like if you go on instagram or facebook there are some impressive people out there who put a ton of time and effort into it. And, and the end product is legit. Like it's nothing to make fun. You, you look at it and you're like, that's, I'm having a hard time seeing the difference between that versus like what I saw in the movie. And ideally, you know, it actually, it may be fun to also try and see if, if we can get some of those cosplayers to come on the show too. Yeah. just, just, you know, explain their journey, explain their, their process of how they go through, designing a costume, that sort of thing. I think that'd be, actually, that'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. Mental note. Mental note. But why don't you put that on a uh, computadore posty note there, Russ? I will. Oh, yeah, I was right. Burt Ward. Okay. Good job. I, I kind of psyched myself out when I said Burt Reynolds. I'm like, no, that's not the right Burt. You had Snatch going on still in your mind. No, wait, no, he wasn't Burt, in Burt Snatch. Burt Reynolds wasn't in Snatch. I know, I was thinking, okay, yeah, I'm thinking of somebody yeah, else. Yeah, the shoes on the other foot. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Apparently we've got Burt Reynolds on the brain. <laughs> All the old guys look alike. <laughs> oh, good grief. So I am curious about what you thought of your first Comic-Con experience. Well, initial reactions, there's a ton of people. And I, I knew... Comic-Con was a big deal. And it has grown from the little kind of Star Trek-y thing it used to be. Well, it wasn't just a Star Trek-y thing. It was like right, just I know. a little comic Right, but, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I know I'm stereotyping it, yeah. but I know it was bigger than that. But to have the onslaught of people, I mean, dude, what was that, like 50,000 people? 50,000. Stuffed into this building? Sea of flesh. Man. Like, I just thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to be there, and, you know, maybe, you know, the building is going to be big, a lot to see, a lot to do. Dude, 
Like that's half the spectacle to see all these fans of shows and cosplayers and movies and games and whatnot mm-hmm. all there. And everyone there is is like a diehard fan too. So and they're all very nice, respectful people. I mean, yes, they are. I, I'm a kind of type of guy where I I need my bubble, right? And I need like I, I'm always nervous someone's going to pickpocket me mm-hmm. or something. And I'm part watchdog and like part friendly guy, and so I can be like, "Hey, how you doing? Get away from me!" Yeah, yeah. So it was nice that you know, there's a ton of folks there, but everybody was super respectful, super nice. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I, I breathed in a lot of their out breathing. Jimmy was like, "Shower." It's part of what we call the comic crud. <laughs> oh, good grief! It's so gross. Now the crazy thing is, is that when you go to San Diego Comic Con, it averages roughly about two hundred thousand people. So what you experienced was nothing. It was just a fragment of what, if you go to San Diego, you will experience. To be fair, though, the the conference center, I believe, in San Diego is utilized more to its fullest extent than the one in Dallas. I don't think they're using all... In fact, I, I know for a fact they weren't using the complete Dallas Convention Center for it. Uh, but it's the same thing. You have just a ton of people there, and they're all, for the most part, uh, just really polite people. They're all there with similar interests. I mean, I... I have never been jostled or bumped more times, but I've also never been immediately um, just ex- exposed to being to people being courteous to me. Yeah. Oh, I mean, excuse me. Yeah, oh, excuse pardon me. I'm sorry. Yep. You know, it's like, oh wow, like like no I was shoving in line and pushing and like. So I will tell you. I will tell you. Great. That in San Diego, it is a little more aggressive than I don't. I noticed in, in the the last time I was there that there was kind of a disturbing trend toward that. With like, if there was like some celebrity that had come out, or if there was a piece of swag that had, was, you know, just all of a sudden spontaneously dropped on the floor, oh, great. there was a bit more of that, which I was I was not too impressed with. I thought, man, we're we're kind of. <laughs> I guess like, <laughs> if you're in Rome. Do as the Romans do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're picking up people. That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> My piece of swag. It, it, yeah. It wasn't as bad as like what you see on those horror videos during, uh, you know, Black Friday when the Walmart Ugh. rush is going on and you I've see there. your fellow man uh, kind of degenerate into Ugh. just your basic animal form. It's, it's pretty embarrassing. You. I've been there. <laughs> it's not that bad. Been there. But no, that's cool. So keep going. What, so what else did you uh, notice about going to your first Comic Con? I noticed. You know what? The, I thought if I was, if I had like a little taco truck or a food truck or snack truck, whatever. I don't know. I, I would be there. I mean, there's tons of people who are walking around. They're getting hungry. They're yeah. getting thirsty, and they had to like totally exit the 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 main little, little conference hall. Yeah. But there's only a couple different vendors there. I thought, man, and they were making ton of money. I mean, lines were like 35 people long. Oh, Just yeah. for like ice cream. They're making bank. You're right. But I thought, you know, maybe more vendors there to, you know, feed some folks. Yeah. Um, and we had, we had already eaten before we right. showed up, so we weren't too uh, interested in that. But um, otherwise, there's a ton of stuff to, to, to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, the Batmobile. Yeah. Let's not forget the Batmobile. I don't yeah. know if that was a replica or that was the original. It was probably... I'm not sure, but I mean, regardless, the thing 
looked just like how it did yeah. in the 1966 TV show. You got to put the picture up on there on the uh, yeah on the Facebook there, right? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that uh, after this broadcast. Indeed. Did you notice that the temperature got a little higher? <laughs> yeah, I did. Those BTUs all combining to generate some extra heat. Yeah. And those people make some some money too. I mean, you think that somebody you know from Overwatch just saying a little bit line here and there, mm-hmm. you know, they got their contract and they got paid whatever they got paid, but they're there the entire weekend for the conference and they're making anywhere from twenty bucks a pop to fifty five bucks a pop, meaning something signed or something recorded in your cell phone, something like that, and. Not to, not to say that they had 50,000 people in, in their line, but every time we walked by mm-hmm. a booth, there's people in line spending money. Well, and that speaks to just based on what you're a fan of. People go there and they're ready to, to spend some cash if that means that they can get an autograph from a celebrity or a picture taken with them right. or whatever. I think one of the most rewarding aspects of Comic-Cons in general is that you have various celebrities who make themselves accessible to their fans because oftentimes you're limited to just watching something on TV like entertainment tonight or on YouTube, there's a promotional video or whatever it is, but you don't actually really have the opportunity to actually, to, you know, spend 30 seconds just right. to kind of gush over like whatever it was that they worked on that that you just absolutely enjoy watching or experiencing over and over again. And for them, I mean, it's an ego boost. It's like, you just, hey, okay, so today you're going to go to a Comic-Con where for eight hours... Everyone's going to kiss your butt. Yeah, everyone's going to go, man, I love you. I love you. And you're like, yeah, you may have to deal with a little bit of stalker-ish mentalities <laughs> and stuff, but... A couple of trolls. Not only are you able to like, you know, be one-on-one with your fans, but also you're making some pretty good dough. Right. You know, Mark Hamill was there. Yeah. And looking at his line, I mean, his line was, well, the only line that was longer than his was Stan Lee's. And you know when he came out, too, because the entire auditorium went, (gasps) Yeah. I'm like, okay, he must have walked out again. Yeah. Yeah. He, He took a break probably every 45 minutes just to get away from people. I don't know. Well, he was. He had a booth as well. He had yeah. the photo op, and then he also had uh, his booth where he was signing all kinds of stuff. And for those that don't know, Stan Lee's ninety four years old, and he, I heard, went um, to the Dallas Comic Con against the advice of his doctor. Apparently, his doctor is starting to really try and clamp down on how much he travels, just because he's just mm-hmm. he's getting up there in his years. You know, mm-hmm. he's in his twilight years, and so <laughs> twilight years. Well, it is. That's what it is. And you hit 94, dude. I mean, I, th- I, I, I would say if I'm, by the time I, if I ever even get to 94, you know, every time I wake up, I'm like, sweet, I got another day. Let's do this. You know, make the most of it. So are there any other observations or thoughts that you had? Well, I, I you, you brought up Stan Lee and I, I did have some thoughts about Stan Lee. I don't know. When, when, I, when we got our picture taken with him and I walked up to him, and obviously I wanted to say hi. I didn't want to have a conversation because there was no time and he's probably had millions of people say the same things. But I may have overread it, but I saw some stuff in his eye that maybe looked a little bit bitter. And With who? With, with Stan Lee. Okay. Not to say that he was bitter being there or he was bitter 
with all the fans around him. Mm-hmm. No, but and I maybe overshooting this. I don't know, but he Stan Lee is like Marvel. I mean, if you think of Marvel, the first person you think of Stan is, is Stan Lee. Yeah. Okay, but he didn't really get popular until all these good Marvel movies came out, and that's where he really started making the big bucks. Mm-hmm. But that's in his a lot later years. And I don't know, maybe that's what I was seeing in his eyes where he goes, oh, now I'm popular. Like, now everybody wants to have their picture taken with me. Now that these movies are out, and now everyone knows me. Now that I'm, you know, have, I mean, I'm 94 years old, how much longer am I going to live? You know, I'm, let's be real. You could tell all that through his, through uh, his yeah! sunglasses. Yes! During, like, the 30 seconds we were there. Yes, You, you stared I'm into in the tune. soul of Stanley. I am in And you tune were able to pull out With the humanity. Bitterness. I'm in tune with humanity, Russ. I might be a quiet guy and chime in every once in a while, uh-huh. but I'm in tune with the human spirit. <sighs> what are you? Are you, are you Xavier with your bald head? Yes, I am, Russ. <laughs> By golly, I am. Maybe. Anyway. But I read something, and I forgot where I read it, but he, I think it was with the Avengers or Avengers in another movie, he actually had to fight to get honored or recognized or uh, get a little bit of the of, of money from the films that are out because Marvel Studios wasn't going to give him anything hmm. after he created a, all, the whole entire thing. Yeah, I need to look at some of that because I have heard uh, some rumors about in the behind-the-scenes comings and goings of just who owns what and who has the right to shoot whichever IP and that sort of thing. I mean, he's not hurting. I mean, he's a millionaire. The guy is making plenty of money, but... What's an IP, Russ? Just for anybody who might be listening and doesn't know what an IP is. An IP is short for intellectual property. Thank you. So, but I could... So are you talking about, like, like the bitterness wasn't toward his fans? No, saying not that, at all. Okay. I, not some, at all. For some reason, like, I thought you were saying, like, no. he didn't want to be there or whatever no, it was. No, thanks for not listening to me. That's no. the first, that's what I let off saying, Russ. Steve, I'm listening to you. It's just sometimes I think the voids that come out of your mouth are not the voids you want coming out of your mouth. That's why I, I specifically said it wasn't about how the I'm fans just are being there. You know what? You know, listen to me. Take a breath, Steve. I'm sitting right, ag- I'm going to get some water. So yeah, Robin Lord Taylor was another guest who I was really excited to see. I got my uh, little picture taken with the uh, the lovely young man, and uh, he's he plays the penguin on Gotham. There, there are so many other actors in Gotham too. Like like the guy who plays I can I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the guy who plays the Riddler is also like perfect for the role. So. I'm curious to see as I get caught up with Gotham, which other characters they've introduced. And what's cool about it, as since you, you haven't seen it, it Batman is just a kid. Like the, the whole show takes place right after Bruce Wayne's parents are murdered. So Bruce is just this kid. You have Alfred Pennyworth, who's a lot younger. You know, he's, he's not a, as much of a senior citizen as we have kind of seen him in the films and that sort of thing. So he's, you're watching him take Bruce under his wing and, teach him all of these lessons and whatnot. It's really cool. And then you also have Commissioner Gordon, who is not the commissioner yet. Like in season one, he's just a a cop. And you see him, make, you know, slowly rise through the ranks and deal with all the corruption within the police department as well as on the streets and stuff. So it's it's a cool perspective on the whole thing. I, I really enjoyed it. I was a little 
nervous when it first came out just because it didn't have Batman in it. And that's what, you know, everybody wants to see is Batman. But it's cool how they've gone about it and have made the focus on just how these characters got their their start, just what their origins are. I mean, you you see like a young Catwoman, like she's like a little older than Bruce is, but she's like a little girl in it. You see Poison Ivy is a little girl. Oh, what's Catwoman's name? S- Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. I always see Christopher Walken in my mind going, Selena Kyle. Oh. Yeah. Selena, Selena, Selena. That's my name. If you Something, I'll make you buy me a new one. <laughs> good grief. That was a good one. Batman Returns. Oh, yeah. Not as good it. as the, the Batman. Tim, the original Tim Burton Batman of 1989. Hmm. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always tell that to all my prey. I always ask that of all my prey. What's the next part, Steve? <clears throat> I just like the sound. There, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, do you have any other comments about Comic Con? No, you got me thinking about the original Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about Batman. <laughs> I could talk about Batman all day long. Are you thinking about just Tim Burton Batman? Or you yes, I'm thinking about Tim. I've got Le- Le- Lieutenant Eckhart in my mind. Ah, uh, yes. Mm, drinking drain home. Drinking drain home. That's good. Lieutenant, is the Batman on the, the police payroll? And if so, what's he pulling down? After taxes. <laughs> Don't be writing this stuff in the papers, Knox. Or you ruin your useless reputation. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Brother, there's that other scene too where um do do the scene where um he uh, he sees Jack when he's getting pay, uh, his little payoff. Uh brought you a little snack, Eckhart. Oh God. why don't you broadcast it? Shut uh, up yeah. and listen. Harvey Dent's been snooping around one of our offices. I only the only part I know from that scene is uh <laughs> you mean when you own the show you ain't got no future jack you're an a1 nuts case and grisham knows it yeah he, he, he said um why Edgar, you ought to think about the future your line <sighs> what would you run the show you well, ain't got no future Oh, he said Nuts Boy, not Nuts Case? Nut Boy, yeah. You're an A1 Nuts Boy. Let let me set the scene for you. Ah! He says, All my life I've been saying it wrong. No, you've been saying it right, actually. So Jack starts off by saying, Well, Eckhart, you ought to think about the future. And then Eckhart scoffs at him and says, Well, what, would you run the future? You ain't got no future, Jack. You're an A1 Nuts Boy, and Grissom knows it. And that's when Jack shoves him against the wall. And then, you know, he pulls out his gun, and then Jack's... The guy behind him pulls out his... Oh, no, 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 yeah, 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 Don't question me on the Batman. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, so, here we go. And scene. Why, Edgar, you ought to think about the future. Oh, and you run the show? You ain't got no future, Jack. You're an A1 nuts boy, and Grissom knows it. Very nice. Very nice. Well, now we got that over with. <laughs> or is it just beginning? <laughs> so I think that concludes episode five for us. I want to give a shout out to um, once again to Sean Byers and Jay Stark for their new game, Bit Heroes. You guys got to check it out on both the iPhone and the Droid. 
<clears throat> when you also, if, if you guys get a chance, please leave a rating or review on our podcast, just because it's going to help us out and trying to get gain visibility and try and convince other people to uh, come on and <clears throat> be barraged by the goodness that is joygasm. Also, we uh, want just want to remind you guys too. You can find us on Twitter at Joygasm TV. So if you want to spout off about Joygasm, have comments constructive criticisms, anything else, you're welcome to do that. We're also on Facebook um, at facebook.com slash joygasmtv. We're on SoundCloud at joygasmtv as well. And some fun news too is we are in the process of getting our official website up and running. So Ooh. yeah, where we are still kind of waist deep and getting all the nuts and bolts in order, but figured I'd just kind of plant that seed and Everyone's collective year. Well, you also got to plant the seed that we're going to be on YouTube also. Yeah. No so, content up, but I mean, the channel's created. The channel is created. So the the problem that we have right now is that we don't have 100 subscribers. There is a technicality that, or a stipulation that YouTube has. So, um, and once we have 100 subscribers, then I'll be able to, to customize the, the URL extension. So it'll be youtube.com slash joygasmtv. But until that time, it's like that weird random extension on the end there that just is too long for me to like list on here. So <laughs> I can hear Brian Regan going, <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> What's your YouTube extension? It's a question mark Q number sign. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we thank you for joining us, and until next time, happy gaming, folks. Adios.